grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Mark, the sixth chapter. And immediately Jesus made his disciples to get into the boat. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. But they saw him walking on the sea and they thought he was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Dear friends of Christ, you know, we, this morning we have two familiar Bible stories. And on one hand, it's fairly basic. It's fairly basic. From our, from our Old Testament lesson in Genesis, God gives a rainbow in the sky and makes a promise, a covenant that never again will he destroy the world with a flood. It's just like we say in the liturgy of the Matins, um, the sea is his, for he made it, and his hand formed the dry land. Pretty clear, pretty basic. Jesus is God, we are not, and we get it. But when we dive deeper into the depths and details of our Holy Gospel, it gets weird and strange. Things start to happen that don't make sense. First of all, we notice that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go out on the Sea of Galilee. No, I said, get in the boat. Now, go. (laughs) Furthermore, Jesus insisted that they go without him to row into the darkness. You guys, you boys just go ahead. I'll catch up later. I'm going to go up the mountain. So here, here you had the disciples going out on an evening boat cruise for whatever reason they don't know underneath the stars while Jesus climbs up a mountain to pray. However, that evening turned exhausting because every fisherman in the Sea of Galilee knows what can happen when the evening winds blow. That's exactly what started to happen. And the disciples were straining at the oars just to make headway. And the strong wind developed, and and at 9 o'clock at night, they're still rowing. At midnight, they're still rowing and not getting anywhere. At 3 in the morning, they're still rowing and not making any progress at all. And the bo- their, their boat bobbing up and down in the waves. And that's when Jesus showed up. But he didn't arrive in a boat. He didn't show up. Remember, he didn't need a boat. He's God. He's walking on the water. He's walking on the face of the deep. Why? Because the sea is his. For he made it. And then Mark adds another strange bit of information. He says, Jesus intended to pass by them. (laughs) He's out on the Sea of Galilee in wind and high waves, and the disciples are rowing and rowing and exhausted, and Jesus just is out on a cruise, he's out on a walk, he's out on an evening stroll, As if nothing were going on, as if nothing big is happening. Nope, Jesus wasn't there to calm the wind. He was just out there to pass by. 
just to do some walking on the sea. That's strange. He was just there to pass by. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? If Jesus passes by you, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? You'd think it's a bad thing if Jesus passes by and leaves you rowing in the winds but has no intention whatsoever to take the winds away. He's just passing by. I mean, what good is a God if all He's going to do is pass by and not take away our pain? What good is God if all He does is pass by and not take away the difficulty? So is passing by a good thing? Or is God passing by a bad thing? And we're going to answer that question under our theme this morning. Jesus passes by you. It's amazing the disciples didn't get it. (laughs) You know, they had just witnessed a great miracle. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Remember our text from a couple weeks ago. This just precedes our text. He fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. And then now you have Jesus walking on the water on the Sea of Galilee. And you have Jesus calming the sea. You'd think they'd get it. Their stubborn hearts and minds. You'd think they would confess, you know what? When Jesus passes by, things turn out great. They turn out great. When Jesus is here, there's no reason to fear. But the disciples didn't get it. The disciples saw Jesus, and our text says, they were all terrified when they saw him, and immediately he spoke to them and said, It's I, take heart, do not be afraid. Jesus said, It is I. That language, it is I, is the same language that God used with Moses at the burning bush. It is I. You remember how the story went. Moses saw the burning bush. Moses approaches the bush and and God says, I am who I am. It is I. I am the God, the Father, the creator of all things. Moses, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. Bow before me. I'm the one who made everything. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hand formed the dry land. And And Jesus, or God, passed by Moses in the form of a burning bush because he's God and he can do things like that. And that event, Jesus passing before him, changed Moses' life. Hmm. So passing by is a good thing. Every time God passes by, every time God passes by in the Bible, there's comfort comfort even though Moses was scared even though Moses was frightened he didn't know what the burning bush meant yet there was comfort God was there passing by and if you know the story you know how it goes the Israelites are being chased by the Egyptian army and the Egyptians had every intent to destroy them with the sword and God, but no worries. Why? Because God's there to pass by. God's there passing by 
And God told the Israelites, do not be afraid. Stand still and see what the Lord will do to save you today. You'll never see these Egyptians again. The Lord is fighting for you. So be still. And God passed by. And the Israelites were saved. So passing by is a good thing. God passed by and there was comfort. Though the Israelites feared, though they saw the army and they were scared and terrified, there was comfort. No, it's a good thing. It's a good thing when the Lord passes by. Do you perceive it in your life? Do you pay attention in your life when difficult things are happening? The same kind of language is used when God delivered the Ten Commandments to Moses on top of Mount Sinai. It's quite a terrifying event. Remember, the, the mountain is rumbling and there's smoke and, and sulfur and, and uh, don't touch the mountain or you'll die. And listen again to the words. The Lord passed before Moses. The Lord passed before Moses. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Now the text continues. The Lord, a compassionate, a merciful God, is patient, always faithful, and ready to forgive. Passing by is a good thing. Passing by means that He's merciful, He's patient, He's ready to forgive, He's ready to help. It's a comfort, isn't it? To be comforted when Jesus, God, passes by. Even if He passes by without taking away the sickness in our life, even if he passes by without taking away the wind and the storms that bother us, it's still a good thing when God passes by. Right? You get it? Again, in our Old Testament lesson, we see God pass by. You have Noah. He had survived the flood. And God tells him to get out of the ark. And then the Lord made Noah a promise. He said, I will establish my covenant with you that never shall, never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. But the winds had crashed and the waves had crashed against that ark for 40 days and 40 nights. God had made a covenant, but Everybody on the boat still had to endure the waters of the deep for over a year, one year, one month. All the difficulties that they had to endure building the ark and rebuilding the earth. And at last, God brought them to safety. At last, God stilled the waters. God protected them. Why? Because he'd been protecting them all along. He'd been with them in every trial. Been passing by in every difficulty. That kind of message gives comfort. And God puts our comfort in the sky with the bow, with the rainbow, right? So that we might know and have that comfort every time we see it. Do you see what happens when God passes by. He didn't take away Pharaoh's army. He didn't make the flood an easy event for Noah and his family to endure. 
He didn't destroy or take away the rumbling, terrifying mountain at the Ten Commandments. But he did pass by. You get it yet? Do you understand? The disciples didn't. They were terrified. They didn't get Jesus. They didn't understand. He sends them out in a storm late at night all alone. And then he leaves them to fight the wind and the waves for hours upon hours. And then he passes by without any intent to stop and say hi. Why would Jesus leave them to continue battling the storm? Why would Jesus leave you to continue battling cancer? Why would Jesus leave you to continue in your struggles? They didn't understand. But that didn't stop Jesus from passing by. And listen, I want you to know that no matter how weak your faith, no matter how weak a Christian's faith, that weak faith will not prevent God from passing by you. Through the waters of holy baptism, God came to you. He passes by you every moment of your life, and it's a good thing. Your soul will never die. Your sin is washed away. Death will not overwhelm you. Why? Because you've been baptized. You're a child of God. God passes by you. And you don't even perceive it. So what's happening in your life? What what are the storms? What are the difficulties? What wind is buffeting your boat? Don't fear. God's passing by. He comes to you in bread and wine. And He doesn't take away your suffering and pain before you come to the altar. He doesn't take away sickness and death before you come to the altar. But then He comes to you in His body and blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins, and God passes by to make you whole, to give you strength, to help you endure. with His mercy and grace, with His forgiveness of sins. Passing by is a good thing. Do you get it or your heart's still confused? The disciples were still confused. Again, to sum up, God, Jesus made them get into the boat. He made them uh, row out into the darkness to fight against the wind and the waves for six frustrating hours at which point they get nowhere, and finally at 3, in the, 3 a.m. in the morning, he shows up and he scares the living daylights out of them. And then he says, hey guys, buckle, buckle up, it's me, don't fear. Then the winds died down and they were perplexed. What? And then Mark just simply says, their hearts were hardened. (laughs) Their hearts were hardened. You know what hardened means? Sometimes it means unbelief, but here the word hardened, it's only used five times in the New Testament. 
Uh, so it's not a common word, but it, it means that your heart is calloused, like a skin callous, or that you lose the power of understanding. Do you know when you choose to live for yourself, you lose the power of understanding? Listen, if the Lord Almighty was standing before you today with all His might, with all His power, in all of His glory, you'd make different life choices. You'd watch your tongue. You wouldn't cuss. You'd never cheat, lie, or steal. You'd never commit adultery or lust. Not in front of Jesus, not in front of God, not in front of His almighty power. And you know He's God, don't you? But our lives are calloused. Our hearts are calloused. Our hearts are hardened. Well, we know He's God. The disciples knew He was God. We know He made all things. The disciples knew Jesus made all things. We know He's powerful. The disciples knew Jesus was powerful. He had fed the 5,000. He had walked on the water. But we tend to ignore all that and instead we do our own thing. It's if, as if God isn't powerful. It's if God is not in control that He can't help us and there's no answer to all our problems. There's no answer to all our worries. There's no answer to all our woes. That's what it means to have your heart hardened. We aren't any different than the disciples. Jesus compelled them to set sail. He compelled them to go out on the, on the, on the Sea of Galilee. Do you know Jesus compels you to do things too? He compels you to follow Him. He, can follow you, he compels you to keep His commandments. He compels you to obey Him, to walk in His ways. Perhaps Jesus is compelling you to give up your addiction. To give up the adultery, the idolatry. Perhaps Jesus is compelling you to make the gossip stop. And to stop the envy. Perhaps He's compelling you to forgive those people you refuse to give. To forgive. Or, or perhaps he's compelling you to love your parents and honor your parents. Or perhaps he's compelling you to submit to your husband or husbands to love your wife the way Christ has loved the church and given his life for her. Or perhaps he's compelling you to be content, to quit coveting. Or perhaps he's just compelling you to call a sin a sin. Perhaps he's compelling you to want you to confess that living together is a sin or homosexuality is a sin, that divorce is sin, and that abortion is sin, and perhaps you don't get it. And your heart's hardened. And you don't want to listen because you don't perceive who he is. That he's a God who doesn't have to be listened to. And like the disciples, your heart is hardened. Listen, I know you have saving faith. You're here. I know you believe in God. You also know that the blood of Jesus Christ has made you holy. 
that you're a child that belongs to him. You believe that you're baptized and it's a blessing. You're trying, but you're tired. You've been rolling all night into a stiff headwind and making no headway. And you're weary. And you wonder why God doesn't do something about it. Christian life feels that way sometimes, feels like that sometimes. Fatigue sets in and you're tempted to give in and you're tempted to give up. You're tempted to have a hardened heart and let the events allow you to grow hard, to become calloused, or to lose the power of understanding. It happened to Jesus' disciples. It happens to us. But you know what? Jesus still passes by. That's the good news. He still cares for us. It is I. Take courage. Do not fear. When Jesus saw the distress of the disciples and they, when they thought he was a ghost, Jesus just didn't dismiss them and, and leave them alone. Jesus joined them. He got in the boat and he joined them in their distress. And Jesus Christ comes to bring calm to your chaos. He's passing by. It's okay. He may not take the chaos away, but he does pass by to give you comfort and hope, to deepen your trust and deepen your promises in him. And he comes so that even during your weakest moments, you might hear him speak. Take heart. It is I. Do not fear. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.